What's up, Fellowship College? All my people that don't give a crap about football, what's up? <laughs> hey guys, I'm really excited about tonight. It's gonna look quite a bit different, which I think is gonna be cool. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna focus a lot tonight. The, the parable kind of um, that we're that we're going that Josh is gonna teach us kind of sets us up for this. But we're gonna spend a lot of time in prayer at the end of the service, and so um, we're gonna sing a song together. And then Josh is gonna come teach this parable. He's gonna teach for just a few minutes. It's gonna be pretty quick. And then Elise is gonna lead us in a time of, of hopefully teaching a good method. You might have heard of it, that the Acts method of prayer. And so she's gonna kind of break that down. Um, and it's, it's a good just like um, rhythm for prayer for us. And so we're going to spend some time um, in response to the teaching that we hear um, in prayer and, and in worship. And so um, get comfortable. You've got plenty of room to spread out. And I encourage you in that time um, after the teaching, hey, if you want to spread out, feel free to do that. We've got this whole room. So, so if you want to kind of get by yourself, um, that's totally cool. Um, I wanted to read this, though, as, as a prompt into our first song tonight. Psalm 147 says, He determines the number of stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. So tonight, we're going to sing what a beautiful name, what a powerful name we have in Jesus. So, so let's stand for this song and let's sing together. You were the word in the beginning, one with God.
could not hold The veil tore before you You silenced the boast of sin and grace The heavens are roaring Praise of your glory For you are raised to life again And you have no rival You have no equal Now and forever God you reign Yours is the kingdom Yours is the glory the name above all names. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Oh, nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Well, Father, we, we praise you that your name is power, that you even grant us that power through your Holy Spirit. I pray tonight that we wouldn't just be words in a book, but that your word would be received, that it would take root in our hearts and that our lives would be changed forever because of what you've shown us, because of how good you are. So we love you and pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Y'all can uh, take a seat. Well, as Burton said, tonight is going to look a lot different, but I think that's going to be a good thing. In fact, I want kind of tonight to feel more like a large, small group, okay? Most of you have probably been in a small group before, but I wanted to feel, feel like that where it's a little more personal, a little more interaction. Uh, even and so that being said, that means there's no catchy hook or like cool story that I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you about tonight. Uh, we're just gonna get dive right into the text. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 18 verses. We're gonna be in verses one to eight. That's Luke 18 verses one to eight. In your Bible, it probably says the parable of the persistent widow, I'm gonna argue a little bit tonight that it's actually the main character of this parable is the unrighteous judge, but that's a hot take. So let's read verses one through eight. Luke says, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, 
I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. He continues, and the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith on earth. So what's cool about this passage, we've, if you're joining us for the first time tonight, we're going through the parables. We're doing a 10-week series on the parables of Jesus. And we kind of fit them into three categories. There's the nature of the kingdom, kingdom ethics, and kingdom judgment. And a lot of times we're trying to figure out what does this parable say about Jesus and his kingdom? And a lot of times we have to do a lot of digging, trying to get to the bottom of what the parable says about Jesus and his kingdom. But Luke does all the work for us. The author of this gospel, Luke, says at the very beginning, verse one, he says, and he, that being Jesus, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So what's the purpose of this parable that we're about to study? It's that those of us that are in this kingdom, the kingdom of God should be one that is filled with prayer. As Paul would say, we should pray without ceasing, always pray. And he says, and not to lose heart, which means in another way, to trust God, to have faith that what we pray for is actually being listened to and what we pray for will actually be answered. And so although that's already answered, the rest of this parable is just kind of giving us the explanation why. Okay, Jesus, you told us the purpose of this parable is to pray always and have faith in our prayers, but why? And so he tells them this story. And I, again, I said, this is the story of the unrighteous judge. Here's what Luke says. He says that this judge neither feared God nor respected man, that this judge didn't care about the people that he was serving over at all. And when this widow comes up to him, this widow had some injustice against him, some enemy, some adversary that was, that was either bothering her or that was doing something illegal, and she did the, the legal, lawful thing. She went to the judge, which is what you're supposed to do, and said, judge, do your job. Give me justice against, against this enemy. And what does this unrighteous judge say? Nah. No thanks. But she continues to go back and back and back. And her persistence wears him out. And he says in, this, uh, in verse five, he says, he either, even though he doesn't fear God or respect the people that he's overseeing, because he was being bothered by this woman, he's like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll give you the justice that you're seeking and the justice that you deserve just because I'm annoyed with you. And I think if we're being honest, maybe some people in this room, when you view God, you kind of see him as this judge on his throne, way far off, that doesn't really care about you. You see injustice after injustice after injustice all around you. You see natural disasters killing millions and millions. You see sex trafficking. You see racism just running rampant around the world, and you're like, there's no way 
God cares about justice. And the only way he might, he might get off his throne and actually do something is if I, if I continue to nag him and bother him. So what's the point of prayer? I don't wanna just be this persistent nag that's always trying to get his or her way. But you see what Jesus is doing here, he's not comparing prayer to God to the unrighteous judge. He's actually doing the opposite. He's contrasting it. Here's what he says. He says, and the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? What is Jesus saying? He's saying, although the unrighteous judge only cares about himself, although the unrighteous judge doesn't want to, to do anything, maybe just pursues comfort and just wants to sit on his throne and be distanced from all the problems of the world, we have a God that is completely different than that. And the kingdom that Jesus is ushering in is completely different. We don't have an unrighteous judge that we pray to, but we have a heavenly father. We have a father that cares about us. A couple chapters earlier, Jesus, talking about prayer, says this. You guys have heard this passage before. Jesus says, I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you, for everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to, one, to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil or unrighteous know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more Will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Jesus is saying that we have, even, even the worst fathers, and some of you in this room right now might have had terrible dads, might have had dads that weren't there, might not even have a father. And Jesus is saying that, that even the worst situation, even the worst fathers, to some degree will, will provide for their kids. How much more would a perfect heavenly father give everything that their kids need? So before I came to Fayetteville, I moved here in July. I worked in Highland Park, Texas. I was a, like a student pastor in Highland Park, Texas. And if you don't know Highland Park, it is one of, if not the wealthiest city in Texas. And so you have the, the biggest houses, you have the nicest cars, all these things. And I worked with middle schoolers and high schoolers. And I'd send emails to parents and pretty much every email I sent, it was like the CEO of some big company or a professional athlete, or we had like the VP of Southwest, their kids would come. It was like CEO after CEO after CEO. It would be impossible if you wanted to get a meeting, a business meeting with some of these people, you would, you would not be able to. Yet Fridays after school, their kids would come over and they'd, and they'd ride, drive up and they'd come pick them up. And these, these businessmen, these men in, in authority, these 
high positions, making lots of money. Their kids could just easily, they see, see their dad come in, drives up, get in the car, and they go. Because kids, right, sons and daughters have access to their dads that nobody else does. And so what Jesus is trying to tell us tonight is that our heavenly father, he wants to answer our prayers. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to communicate with us. He's not a judge, unrighteous judge sitting on the throne that will only answer you if you annoy him enough. But he's a heavenly father. And so when we pray to God, we should pray to him like this. We should pray asking him things as a father and not as some far off, distant being. And the crazy part is the only reason that we're able to pray to him like this is because Jesus broke down this dividing wall between us and God. We had sin that divided us. It separated us from God. We had no access to God because of our sin. And yet Jesus, in his own death, broke down that wall. Here's what it says in Ephesians 2. Paul says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. We have access to a father who loves you. And so when we pray, we're gonna spend the rest of tonight in prayer and worship. And some of y'all in this room need to do some serious wrestling with how you view God. Some of y'all have viewed God as this, for lack of a better word, like a dictator or an unrighteous judge. And maybe you're upset. Maybe you don't trust him. Maybe you're angry. Maybe he hasn't answered something that you've been begging him for years. And tonight, we just wanna give you a space to be able to pray, pray to him. Because our God answers prayer not out of obligation, like a judge, but because he loves us. And so Elise is gonna come up in a second, and she's gonna lead us through some different prayer prompts, and we're gonna worship. And for some of you, it's gonna be prayer and worship, and for the rest of you, it might just be, the rest of the night is just gonna be spent in prayer. And so whatever you need, we wanna give you this space. So let's start now, and let's join me in prayer. Father, we thank you that you are a good and loving Father, that you care about us, that you want to answer our prayers, that you want to give us good things. We thank you that Jesus paved the way and that because of his death and resurrection that we can communicate with you tonight. And so I pray that the prayers that you hear in this room tonight, that that you would listen and that you would answer them and that you would give justice speedily. We love you and pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
So as Josh just talked about the persistent widow and the, uh, the parable in that, I know that can probably bring up a lot of different feelings about how we individually pray in our own lives. And um, for some of you, maybe you're in that camp where you think God just so big, so sovereign, so holy from beginning of time to end of time, so how can my prayers actually change anything or actually be answered? Or maybe you're in the other camp and you think, um, you think of God more like an ATM and you think that if I ask him the right way, the right time, that he's gonna deliver exactly what I need when I need it. Um, but unfortunately, both of those I think are missing the point of what um, Jesus is sharing in the parable of the persistent widow. So tonight we wanna take a step back from all that and just create space and time for you to really dig in and just pray to the Lord. Um, so we're gonna use a tool called Acts Prayer Model, and some of you may have used this before in your own prayer time. It simply stands for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And so the first place to start is adoration. And adoration simply means to uh, respect or deeply love, um, to give praise or worship to God. And so when we're adoring God, we are simply thinking and praising him for who he is alone. Um, when we pray, we need to understand the God that we're praying to. And so adoring is the, the, the basic step in doing that. So we're gonna have behind us on, a, on the screen a list of a lot of different attributes of who God is with scripture. Um, and we just encourage y'all to take the next few minutes to just look through those different scriptures, um, be thinking through those words of who God is um, and just coming to him with the right picture of who our father is. God, we come to you tonight, we adore you for being a just God, for being a merciful God, for being a good God, um, a God who's not far away from us, but a God that's intimate with us and that came down um, as Jesus to live the life that we couldn't and to die the death that we should have. 
And Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you that you're a God who desires to spend time with us and desires to be with us. And so Lord, we just come to you tonight and continue in this time of prayer. In your name we pray, amen. I think as we move out of adoration, the next step is confession. And so um, I think it's fitting, I know myself included, when I begin to think about who I'm praying to and the God, um, the Father, it begins to bring up a lot of these shortcomings in my own life. When I think about God's holiness and his faithfulness and his mercy, um, I think about where I'm broken and sinful. And so I think confession is the next perfect step to that. James 5.16 says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. When we confess to God, we are acknowledging that it is only through him that our our sins can be forgiven. Um, But notice here how James also says to confess your sins to one another. Um, Diedrich Bonhoeffer, who's a 20th century pastor and theologian, states this really well. He says, a man who confesses his sins in the presence of a brother knows that he is no longer alone with himself. He experiences the presence of God and the reality of another person. So as we take some more time and to move in this, um, this area of confession, I would encourage you just to be thinking and asking God to reveal the areas and that you need to confess, and then also to raise up someone in your life that can come in that you can confess these things to. So take a few moments again, and we'll um, move into this time of confession. Oh, my soul, 
to you and confess tonight. Um, we see throughout your scripture, we know time and time again, um, when we try to choose our own way and our wisdom that we fall short. And it's only through trusting you um, and acknowledging that we can only be forgiven through Jesus Christ and that we can experience that forgiveness and that love, Lord. And so we come to you and just and praise you and thank you for that in your heavenly name, amen. So I always move out and um, out of confession. We're gonna move into a time of thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Um, as, we, as we think about Thanksgiving, I know sometimes it can be overwhelming if you just start thinking about all the things that are around your mind, of things that we could be thankful for, but challenge you to take a step back and think about maybe throughout this last month um, or maybe even a shorter time period of this last week or even through these 24 hours this last day um, and begin to think and process through the ways that God has been revealing himself to you, maybe in the small mundane ways, but also in the, the large great ways that he's been revealing to you. And so just take this next, next few minutes just to pause and seal your heart um, and be thinking and praising God and thanks, th giving thanks to him for what he's done in your life.
step down into darkness open my eyes let me see God, we thank you for the ultimate gift of your son, Jesus, 
Um, Lord, we thank you for the ways you're working throughout our lives that we may not even notice, God. Um, thank you that you came down this earth and just lived life with us, Lord. Um, God, thank you for doing the sacrifice that's beyond our understanding and something that we will strive our whole lives to figure out and understand, Lord. But we thank you for who you are um, as a father. In your name we pray, amen. Finally, as we move into the last part, which is supplication, Supplication simply means to, to ask, um, to go with somebody to with earnest um, or humble posture. And so when we're moving into supplication with prayer, we are going to God in an earnest and humble position. Um, I know for a lot of us, this might be one of the easier parts of praying. Um, I know for me, I can run to God and ask him for this or this. Um, but I'm gonna challenge you tonight, instead of running to God and just thinking of maybe the things that are coming first to your mind for immediate comfort or safety or even happiness here in this earth, I'm gonna challenge you to be thinking about the things that are gonna help us um, learn to share his name and to actually advance his kingdom here in this life. And so as we move in this time of supplication, um, again, just posture your hearts, think through all the things we've just went through of adoring God, confessing God, giving thanks to God, and now requesting God. Um, so take a few minutes as we move into supplication. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so let's just stand together and let's sing this one more song, this one last song. It says, there's a king seated among us. What a good, good reality that we can grasp this evening. So let's sing together. There is a king 
seated among us Let every heart receive him now Where there is praise He will have it There will be grace and mercy all around Every burden will be lifted in His presence Every trophy will be laid down at His feet There is a day that reigns above all Christ, the King of all kings. Yeah. And unto the Lamb, honor and glory, worthy is He. Jesus Christ, 
King of kings. And we declare that this evening, that you are the king above all kings. It's to you alone that we bend the knee. It's to you alone that we can have assurance through our Savior Jesus. So God, we celebrate that this evening. We celebrate that every day. May we not forget the goodness of your grace. That is what sustains us. That is what gives us life. That is what gives us hope and assurance. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Fellowship College. Um, hey, this is a curveball. Kate, can you throw um, the Acts method um, back up there? Guys, we really hope that tonight you were, giving, you were given something really tangible that you can take home and, and, and put to use. Uh, this is a great method that really reflects the Lord's Prayer. And so check it out again. It's on the screen. Take a picture of it. Um, but it's a good practice for us every time we pray to pray like this um, so that we remember the gifts God has given us. We remember his goodness. And we come to him in submission. Fellowship, we love you guys. We'll see you next week, Valentine's Day. Bring your significant other. We're going to hang out. Have a great night. Have a great week, you guys.